I love to worship the Lord, don't you? I want to share with you today something that, uh, a little miracle that happened in my life last week, as a matter of fact, last Sunday after church, had a little miracle happen. And it made me, uh, it inspired me actually to, to share on this today. Keys, rings, and little things. I want you to know God cares about the big and the small things in your life. God knows about them, and God cares about them. So I want to share out of Matthew 10, 29, and let's just look at a few of the words of Jesus. Look what he said, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them falls to the ground without the cooperation or knowledge of your Father. Think about that. How can that be? Because there's kajillions, bazillions of sparrows all over. There's... there's Hundreds of them dropping to the ground right now, yet God, Jesus said, knows about it. Only God can do that. Now let's talk about worry for a minute. And get that back there. Matthew 6, here Jesus is telling us about worry. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Can I get you to preach a little bit and turn the person to your left and say, don't worry about it. Now turn to your right and tell him God's got it. <laughs> now, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant. Now here's Jesus walking along. He points to birds. He says, look at those birds. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't store food in barns. They have no cupboards, no homes, no refrigerators. But your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Well, of course you are. And now, He says, and why are you worried about clothing? You don't need Gucci. Wait a minute, that's not up there. <laughs> why are you worried about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work. They don't spin their clothing or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Think of a blue bonnet, how beautiful it is. God dressed that flower. God didn't have to do that. It could have looked real plain, vanilla, but God did what he did. And Jesus is drawing a parallel. If he did that for a flower here today, gone tomorrow, he'll clothe you and he'll feed you. Father, thank you for your word today. We pray in Jesus' name that you will make it alive. And I pray that faith is built. Faith is built. And because faith is built, mountains are moved today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Let me talk to you about this a little bit. We need to hear from Jesus, the very begotten, only begotten Son of the living God. And listen to what Jesus told us, that God cares about the least of all the birds. The sparrow is the least of the least. Uh, there's millions and millions and millions of them. On, they're lowest on the totem pole of beautiful, attractive, pretty sounding or anything. Sparrows, the most common. And Jesus tells us that God sees to it that their daily needs are met. What an amazing thought. Now, and Jesus tells us that God cares about the wildflowers. In a field, here today, gone tomorrow, those blue bonnets on the side of the highway that are there because diesels were carrying the seeds 
that they had picked up in their travels and just sowed them as they went. Seemingly haphazard, random, and yet God clothes those flowers. They don't, like I said, they don't have to look that way. He didn't have to make them that pretty, but God clothed them. And Jesus' point is this. If, if that's true, and it's true, then God cares about the big and small problems and pains and needs of those he died to redeem. He did not die to redeem a flower. He didn't die to redeem a sparrow. He didn't send his only begotten son to die for dogs. He sent his only begotten son to die for the human race. He gave that price, paid that price, amazing price, amazing love, amazing grace, stunning grace, crazy love, off the charts, over the top, love, love, unspeakable, joy unspeakable, love full of glory, love incomprehensible, God's love. Now, the God revealed in the Bible is profoundly personal. He is intensely interested. He is amazingly aware of the tiniest issues of your life. I think one of the devil's great tricks and great tactics with God's people is to lie to you in your mind about God. To lie to you. He did that with Eve. God's just holding back from you, Eve. That's what God's doing. And Satan slandered the character of God in the mind of Eve. And, and God, will, God will deliver us from that kind of thinking only through the Word of God. That's why we need it. But see, Satan still comes to us in our mind and says, God's not aware of your needs. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't know. He, he's not going to bother with the little stuff, the small stuff. He's not concerned with that. Why would you bother God with that? He's not hearing your prayers. He's not aware of your pain. He's not aware of your need. He's just kind of out there like the deists say. The deist believes that God simply created the worlds, wound it all up like a great big clock, and then stepped out of the picture and does not intervene in the affairs of men. Jesus said that is a bald-faced lie because God not only involves himself in the big affairs of men, but he involves himself in the small stuff, the tiny stuff, the seemingly inconsequential stuff. Listen to what David said in Psalms 139. He said, you know when I sit down and you know when I stand up. God's aware of when you take a step. He goes on, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You know my thoughts before I think them. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. I'm in the jet with you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm in the jet with you. I, I'm there as you travel and I'm there when you're home. David said, you know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it, Lord. When your mind thinks it, he knew you were going to think it before you say it. He knew you were going to say it, exactly what you were going to say, and the consequences of what you say. He said, you go in front of me and you come up behind me. You have surrounded me and compassed me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge, he says, is TMI. It's TMI. King James puts it, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. We say today, TMI, too much information, can't handle it, can't process it. It's too much for me to wrap my mind around that my God 
can know all these things about me, that I'm that important to Him, that precious to Him, that dear to Him, that I'm that much an object of His attention? But I am. He said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. It is beyond the scope of human understanding. How much God cares. Can I tell you, He cares about every little pain in your life. He cares about every need you've got. He cares about every thought. He cares about every relationship. He cares about your money. He cares about where you're going, what you're doing with your life, the next step you're going to take, where you're going to be a year from now. And even heavier than that, He's already there a year from now waiting for you to arrive. He knows you're down, sitting, you're up, rising. He's compassed you and surrounded you with His love. We hear so many stories about the big things, don't we? And, and I love testimonies. We're actually going to make videotapes of a couple of great testimonies today that you're going to be seeing soon of what God has done in the lives of people coming to our church. But uh, we hear about healings and deliverances and, and, you know, addictions being broken and marriages being healed and incredible miracles. We hear about all that, and that's great. But can I tell you, it's just as miraculous when God swoops in and meets the smallest need of our life. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, most of the activity of God, you and I are not even aware of. We never even stop to think about it. How many times in a day He gives an order that protects you, that provides for you, that guards you, that directs you, that, that is involved in your life. How many times a day you're on His mind. It happens all of the time. The little things He takes care of that we don't even notice, but God takes care of them. Jesus taught that if it matters to us, it matters to Him. i got to tell you about my miracle from last Sunday. I didn't know I was going to have a miracle when I got home last Sunday, but I had a miracle. Matter of fact, I told you folks, if you were in the second service last week, I didn't tell the first service, I told you that I had lost a ring. I told you I'd lost a ring. And a man in our church had given me a ring. And, and I'm really not a big jewelry wearer. I'm just not. But this ring, I really liked. Matter of fact, uh, it was something I would have never gone and picked out. But when I put it on, it was just a fit. Uh, John Hay gave me the ring. You in here, John? He's right over there. All right. Now, you know that I love cycling, and I cycle a lot. And it's just the way I clear my head and keep the ticker in good shape and all that good stuff. So when I cycle i got to take rings off because it messes with you shifting the gears. So this one day I went out to, to cycle, and I slipped this ring off. Well, a few days later, it occurred to me I didn't know where it was. Couldn't find this ring. And so I began to look. I said, well, it's in one of the drawers. It's, it's in one of my, uh, you know, pockets or something like that. I, I know I'm going to find it. And I looked, and I turned that house upside down. I checked in every conceivable nook and cranny. It reminded me of Jesus' parable of the woman that lost the coin in the house. And I checked my, the little pack I have on the back of my bike, the little bike bag. I checked that. I checked all of my riding gear. I checked every suit, every pair of pants, every pair of shorts, everything. I looked under every cushion. I looked under the bed, under the furniture, everywhere I could think to look. I looked and tried to find that ring. Days turned into weeks. Weeks turned into a couple of months. And I finally said, Lord Jesus, here's what gets me. I know you know. <laughs> I know you know. 
can't you just fill me in, give me a dream, a vision, a word, tap me on the shoulder, say, it's right over there, dude. I mean, because I know you know, because you know everything. How many of you have ever experienced that? I mean, I know you know where it is. So I said, can't you just fill me in on it? And I stood there, nothing. I did the search again. I did the search again. Kathy searched. I said, Kathy, I know that ring is around here somewhere, but it is no place I can even imagine to find. So last week I said to you, I lost this ring, and I believe God's going to show it to me. That's all I said. We went home. I took off my suit jacket. I was hanging it in the closet, and I stepped back. And right when I was stepping back and turning around to walk out of the closet, I heard something hit the floor. Now, stop. I heard something hit the floor. I looked down. I looked down. There was the ring. I had a Holy Ghost fit in the closet. Do you know what that is? Now, watch this. Because, look, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't searching for it. It was like the Lord said, I heard what you said at that second service. You bragged on me. You said that I knew where it was and I was going to give it to you. So it was almost like an angel went wherever it was and brought it and went, here, bloop, and it dropped right at my feet. I'm talking about it was uh, at my feet. Now, you may say, oh, Pastor Jeff, it fell out of something. No, it did not because I'd searched the whole area where I had just been, every pocket so if you say to me, well, where did it fall from? I'm going to spook you a little bit. I don't know. I don't know where it fell from. It was like an angel went through the house, found wherever it was, came and just dropped it right at my feet. I'm telling you, I had a Holy Ghost moment because it was very supernatural. It was like God was saying to me, you told them I would help you. I helped you. I want you to tell them this story so they can know I care about the little stuff. I called John Hay over there. John's a good, good guy. Talks kind of like this. I said, he was at a restaurant or something. I said, John, guess what? He said, you found the ring. Now, here's the amazing thing. The day before, he had, because his family makes these rings, the day before, he had gone and gotten me another one. And he was going to bring it last Sunday morning, and the Holy Spirit said to him, don't. Now, why? Because if I had a new one, I wouldn't have told you I was believing to find the old one. I would have said, well, God provided another one. No, he wanted to give me a little show and tell. That God, seriously. And I realized as I began to study about the little things in Scripture, the little things that God cares about, He's always cared about what we consider to be little things. Bethlehem was the smallest town in Israel, yet Jesus was born there. Jesus taught that the tiniest seed available in the universe, the mustard seed, Though it was the smallest, he compared it to mountain-moving faith. 
Jesus watched the poor widow one day cast the equivalent of one-eighth of a penny into the temple offering. Yet he praised her because her small gift, insignificant gift, was greater than all the rest because it had been a great sacrifice for her to give it. We're tempted to think that God really has bigger fish to fry and He's not concerned with the things that may matter to us, but we don't really think they matter to Him. He's too busy running the universe, restraining terrorism, saving souls, answering Billy Graham's prayers. Surely He doesn't bother with the little things that matter to me. We act like, we act like uh, uh, dealing with our small stuff might somehow distract God or overtax Him or stress Him out that He can't handle it. But i got to tell you, God deals with the big and small things of life, church. I want you to know He cares about what matters to you. He's not like us. He doesn't get overloaded. He doesn't get taxed. He doesn't get stressed. He doesn't need a vacation. He never goes to sleep. He's always awake. He is God. And because He's God, He is able to focus on both big and small things. That's why the Word of God plainly says, Don't be worried about anything. Instead, pray about every, 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 every rings and things. Tell God what you need, the Bible says, and thank Him for all that He has done. Now, I came away from these experiences. Um, there was another one. I don't have time to tell it to you, but the ring is the one fresh on my mind. But I, I came away from this with a couple of spiritual diamonds I just want to share with you that God has brought home to me. Think about this. First, if he'll answer me about rings and finding keys, things that simple, what can I not pray about? What can I not pray about? If he'll answer, Lord, I've lost a ring, can you please help me find it? And then work it out where the thing dropped at my feet. These experiences remind me that God performs small miracles to increase our faith. Here's why. For the bigger stuff. God is a teacher. Jesus is a teacher. He was always a teacher. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whenever he does something for you and me, it's a teachable moment. And when there is a teachable moment, we need to always be listening. Lord, what are you saying to me in this? And what he said to me was, Jeff, I do things like that so that you will know that if I can do that and care about that, and you can see a clear answer to prayer, then I can answer for the bigger stuff. See, David had his lion and he had his bear. One day a lion attacked the sheep. He grabbed the lion by the beard and broke its neck barehanded. Nobody saw it but him and God, but it's written in the eternal word of Scripture. And then a bear came out of the woods, attacked his sheep. He grabbed the bear under the anointing of God. It's how he learned the power of God. And he broke its neck by the anointing. And when Goliath showed up, he said, you know what, Goliath? I've got a past with God. I've got a history with God. I've got a history of some smaller things than you. But I learned. I killed a lion and I killed a bear. And you are coming down just like they did. Because the lion and the bear were learning experiences where he said, wow, he killed a lion. God strengthened me to kill a lion with my bare hands. Wow, and also a bear. He learned that all things were possible with God, in God, through God. 
So that when Goliath came along, he said, the same way they came down, you are coming down. God's going to give me your head today. Now watch this. What the Lord says in his word is he wants us to exercise our faith, to see results for our prayers, to experience direct answers to our requests. He wants us to see prayers answered more than we want them answered. Jesus said, don't be afraid, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure, great happiness to give you the things of the kingdom. He wants to answer your prayer. He wants your faith to be operating. He wants you to understand that He answers in both small and big things. I ran a little check this week in the Word of God. Here's what I found. Jesus spoke about faith 25 times in the Gospels. He spoke about little faith, no faith, failing faith, and great faith. Eleven times in the Gospels, Jesus told somebody their faith had made them whole. Eleven times. Faith exercised towards Him had made them whole. Twice He told somebody their faith had saved them. Seven times He talked about faith's limitless, awesome possibilities and potential. He phrased it like this, if you have faith, then you can this, that, and the other. Or be it unto you according to your faith. Jesus was always talking about faith's awesome potential when exercised towards God. Read the Gospels and you'll find that Jesus regularly encouraged His disciples to pray for big things, to stretch their faith, and don't be afraid to do it. To not be afraid of reaching, reaching for the miraculous. He encouraged that. That was Jesus. And He's the same yesterday and He's the same today. He's telling you and me, I want you to be willing to stretch your faith, to believe for big things, to reach for the miraculous. I found that he spoke about uh, mountain-moving faith. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Then he said, nothing will be impossible for you who believe. Now, of course, the Lord is he's, he's speaking a metaphor. He's metaphorically speaking to us comparing an ominous obstacle to a mountain. He's saying you will speak to ominous obstacles, impossible obstacles, and you will tell them in my name to move. I'm going to preach a little bit today. We're going to, I want you to catch this now. You will talk to ominous obstacles and they will move from here to there. They will move. He said, well, Pastor Jeff, I, you know, I'm just me. No, you're not just you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're not just you. Can I tell you who you are? You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. Can I tell you who you are? He has always made you to triumph through Jesus Christ. Can I tell you who you are? You are a blood-bought, redeemed, spirit-filled child of God. And there is inside of you 
the greatest champion that ever trod earth's soil? He spoke of mountain-moving faith. He spoke of anything faith, anything. Jesus said in Matthew 21, verse 22, you can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. Anything faith. He spoke of greater things, faith. Jesus said, Verily I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Greater things, greater things, faith, greater things. That means you will reach more people. We are going to reach more people than Jesus ever did on earth. We're going to do that greater thing. Jesus encouraged, get out of the boat and walk on the water, faith. Get out of the boat and walk on the water, faith. Peter said to Jesus when he saw him walking on the water towards him at first, they thought it was a phantasm, a ghost. But then when they realized it was Jesus, here's Peter. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, we might have thought that Jesus would say, you know, Peter, one day, you've got to grow some. One day, you're really not ready. You're not even spirit-filled yet. One day, Peter, but no, one word, Come. And Peter stepped out of that boat as if he were stepping on cement. He began to walk while the waves rolled around him. We talk about how he sank. I want you to know that boy walked on water. And the only reason he went down is that he started focusing on the storms and the wind. That's the only reason he sank. If he had kept his eyes on Jesus, he'd have walked right to him and held his hand, and they'd have gone walking through the sea together. One word from God and you can walk on water. One word from God and you can see a miracle. One word from God and the mountain will move. One word from God and your life is changed. One word from God. <sighs> Jesus never once rebuked somebody for too much faith. You ever see him anywhere saying, that's too much faith you're using. Where'd you get all that faith? Stop it. No, no, no. He was always rebuking them for too little faith or for not using the faith they had. When God answers a prayer about small things included in that miracle is an encouragement to pray for bigger things. We're living in a day, dear church, when we're going to have to believe God for big things, for strong things, for miraculous things, for mighty things. And you know what? We can because of the one who lives within us, the one who is always encouraging us to stretch the faith we have. A fitness instructor once handed me a barbell with a number of pounds on it, uh, X number of pounds on it. And after 10 reps, when I thought I was done, they told me, you're just going to do 10. Did 10. When I thought I was done, they said, well, 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 just one more. I said, okay, one more. Just one more. Now my hands by now are this and I feel like my arms are rubber. Just one more. And I finally, I blurted out, what are, you, what, what are you doing to me? You trying to kill me? They said, no, I'm trying to strengthen you. Jesus is the same way with our faith. Once we lift enough for that small miracle, that ring miracle, that small miracle, he adds more weight and prods us to reach for even bigger things. The lion and the bear, he gives us the lion because the lion needs to die. He gives us the bear, the bear needs to die, but there's a bigger purpose as well. Learn that if I did it then, I can do it now. If I did it back then, I can do it again. If I did it with that, I can do it with this. 
He's our faith coach. Literally the author and the finisher, the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. He blessed us with the faith to be saved. And now it's Jesus' job, His purpose in our life. One of the things He's going to do from the beginning, the authoring, to the finishing, in between is a whole lot of tests and trials and growing and flexing and becoming muscular in our faith life. Because the stronger that faith is and the more you see that God can do, the more you will do. And can I tell you, Satan is terrified of a church who understands, if I pray in the name of Jesus and exercise my faith, his kingdom will come down. Satan's kingdom will be destroyed. He wants us to believe, the Lord wants us to believe that a little bit of faith in a great big God can make a great big difference. Can you say that with me? Let's quote it together. A little bit of faith in a great big God can make a great big difference. The second thing I learned was this. The same faith that believed for the little things is the same faith that will believe for the big things. The faith that looked up and prayed, Lord, show me where that ring is, is the same faith that was in me working when we found this building and it looked so terrible. And God said, I don't want you to see it through human eyes. I want you to see it through the eyes of faith. When you look at things through the eyes of faith, you don't see what they are, but you see what they shall be. Jesus didn't look at you and say, well, that's what you are. He looked at you and said, no, I see what you're going to be when I'm done with you. I see what I'm going to make you. I see what I'm going to form you. He called compulsive, impulsive Simon Peter, the old crusty fisherman, and said, follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. You, are, you have been as unstable as water, but I'm going to make you like a rock. I don't see what you are. I see what you're going to be. Church, right now the Lord doesn't see what you are. He sees what you're going to be and it is good. It is good. Jesus said, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. Too often we look at a challenge and we say, I don't have the faith. But Jesus said that even a little faith can produce great things. Mustard seed is the smallest seed, but it can bring and grow into a plant that is 10 to 12 feet high. Tiny little almost invisible seed can be 10 to 12 foot high. A little bit of faith in a great big God can make a great big difference. Listen carefully to Jesus' words. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you can. What we do is we look at a challenge and we go, we look within and we go, my faith is not what it needs to be. But Jesus said, if it's even as tiny as an almost invisible mustard seed, you can. I can do all things, can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can, I can. Father of a demon-possessed boy came to Jesus one day. He said, Lord, it's terrible. There's a demon in him. And this demon makes him throw himself, throw him in the fire, makes my boy throw himself in the fire. I've had to rescue him from from burning to death. He makes him jump into the water. I've had to rescue him from drowning. He is self-destructing in front of my eyes because of the influence of this demon. What am I going to do, Lord? Jesus said, 
Everything is possible to him that believes, and the man looked in. He said, I believe, Lord, but I'm seeing a mix. I believe, but I've got some doubts. I doubt, but I believe. I've got a mix, Lord. It's not good enough. My faith is not good enough. I believe. Help my unbelief. That's all Jesus needed to hear. He turned to the boy, cast the devil out. He was delivered that hour. He delivered a sane son to him that very same day. And what I see from that story is this. He had shaky, he had shaky faith, but he had enough faith for the need of the hour. It was the faith of a mustard seed. It wasn't perfect, but it was enough. Enough for a mighty deliverance. A little faith is enough faith because even a little faith is immensely potent. God cares about the little things and the big things in our life. Some of you have got some giants that have done to you and are doing to you today what Goliath did with Israel. Every morning he got up and taunted them. Every morning he got up and made fun of them. Every morning he got up and challenged them and mocked them and called them names and intimidated them where when David showed up they were all in their tents trembling with fear. The giant had them bound, intimidated, marginalized, paralyzed, unable to walk in the call of God. And... David walked up and had a history with God. And he said, hey, I've had some small things answered. Nobody was there but me and God. But I got some faith. And you, you, your intimidation is not working with me. Let me give you some intimidation. You say you're going to take my head off today. Let me tell you today I'm going to feed your head to the birds. You're not going to intimidate me. You think, you tell me you're going to kill me? I'm going down to the brook and I'm going to get five smooth stones. Not because I think I'm missing even once, but I've heard you've got four brothers. And so I'm taking you down, and if they decide to come stick up for you, I'm taking them down, and I'm not counting on missing once because my God is going to deliver you into my hands. And that day Goliath came down, was defeated, and God's people were freed and rejoiced. The shockwaves of it went around the world, and David became an overnight sensation because of his faith. Can you stand up with me today? I've had giants in my life. I've had giants in my life that worked against the work of God in my life every day. Every single day. Fears that just ate my lunch. Trials, difficulties, things where the devil would taunt me every day. And try to tell me that I was not going to make it. Try to tell me that I wasn't going to be able to go on. Try to tell me I was going to fail. Giants in my head talking to me. And I finally had to say, you know what? By faith, you're coming down. By the Word of God, by the power of the Word of God, you're coming down. Folks, there comes a day when the giant has got to be brought down. And there are some giants in this sanctuary today that are going to come down today. Matter of fact, today is the day that those giants are going to be defeated in your life. So I'm going to ask us to pray right now for just a moment. 
Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm asking you, show your power, show your might. Lord, we thank you that you answer in the small things and in the big things. And Lord, you have called us to be strong, mighty in faith. You called us to have faith that is developed by the very hands of Jesus. And Lord, right now, there are obstacles, ominous mountains. Mountains of doubt, mountains of fear, mountains, our own Goliaths that are intimidating us and discouraging us by the day. And Lord, they need to come down. Lord, you said, I want you to stretch your faith. I want you to believe for hard things. I want you to believe for difficult things. I want you to stretch your faith and believe for the impossible. I want you to stretch your faith and believe that the seemingly invincible will come down. And I'm asking you to do it today, Lord, in many lives in this room right now. And if you can say, Pastor Jeff... There has been a giant. There is a giant. There is a Goliath. There is something I'm fighting. Something that is taunting me. And I need it to come down. I need it defeated. And today is the day it's going to happen. I'm going to ask you to slip out from where you are and make your way into this altar.